What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 587 of the Smart Cow Moment Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week. We're going to be breaking down some of the current events and rumors and news and gossip and TV recap and everything else that went down in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about right now. And who are we? Well, I am Tony Mango, joined by Callum Wiggins. Hello there. And Robert E. Felice. Hello. And we are going to be talking about everything leading up to AEW Revolution that we haven't talked about. We're going to be giving our predictions for NXT Roadblock for next week, recapping some of the stuff on Raw and uh, last week's SmackDown and everything that we feel like talking about. Uh, usual kind of thing here. We got some other hot tags to toss in as well. And as we go along here and we tell you what we think about all these topics, we want to know what you have to say. So drop your thoughts in the comments below on YouTube. And while you're over there, hit the like button, hit the share button, hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell. That way you get those email alerts of when we go live for things like our pay-per-view point post show coming up on Sunday night, immediately after AEW's revolution pay-per-view, but also when we decide to randomly go live, because I think we might be doing a little bit more of that going forward. I kind of thought, Hey, you know, the other day, maybe just kind of going live for the sake of it. I ended up not doing it, but <laughs> that was just cause I got busy, but I might do that and just kind of start doing that for both that and fanboys anonymous. So of course, like and follow and share and subscribe all the other good stuff on that. Make sure that you are taking part in our smart madness tournament. That's going on right now. That is the first of the hot tags for me to mention right now is that the best wrestling family dynasties round one part of the tournament is up and just to very quickly break down what's going on with that. And, you know, we're not going to give you our full assessment of what we would vote for and everything. But generally speaking, we got, the Anawaiis against the Hardy family, which was one of the qualifying round picks that you guys had chosen. Now, I know that we all have uh, different positives and negatives when it comes to the Hardy family. I know that my wife recently has been getting into Rebby Hardy's uh, TikTok account for the whole goth baby thing. Um, and then eventually she was like, oh, crap, like, you know, this is like a pro wrestling thing. That's kind of weird. Uh, Anawaii versus Hardy. I got a feeling, of course, we're leaning more towards one way or the other, but we got Blanchard versus Steiner, Orton versus Smith slash Roberts, Jarrett versus Fafita, Von Eric versus Finley, Armstrong versus Funk, Flair versus Rashawn, the Wyndham Rotunda connection against Malenko. We got Bella and Laurenitis was the other one that you guys had picked on the qualifying round. And they're going up against the Hart family. DiBiase's against the Rodriguez's. The Pafos against Guerreros, Hennig versus Briscoe, McMahon versus Snuka, Mysterio versus Garza, Rhodes versus Gunn, and Cologne versus Rougeau. When it comes to this group, any particular standouts that you guys have that you're like, ah, oh, that's a real tough call, or hey, you know, I would love to see that as an actual match or something. Any like uh, noteworthy matches for round one? The only one that stood out as I would like to see as, as an actual match was Pafo versus Guerrero. Um, the Hearts better not lose to the Bella Laurinaitis <laughs> connection. <laughs> Don't need that in our lives. Um, and the Cologne and Rougeau might be the biggest toss-up to me. Yeah, I think that's the one that I struggled the most when I was going to vote on that one. I'll spoil. I eventually went with the clones, but that's probably the most even one. Maybe Armstrong versus Funk as well for me. 
Actually, maybe Von Erich versus Finley because I'm not a huge Von Erich fan. Wait, like, most of these are pretty uh, cut and dry for me. Like Anoa'i versus Hardy. I mean, we all like Matt and Jeff, but up against a literal dynasty of just generations of great wrestlers, and you can't quality and quantity aren't in the final. Then our voters have failed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I out of ones that you potentially have some fun matches with, maybe Mysterio versus the Gazas. Mm-hmm. That could be some fun lucha stuff. Uh, Guerrero versus Poffo. I'd kind of only want to see one match out of that. Uh, I mean, that yeah. One. But uh, it would be quite funny to see that. And then, you know, they tag in Chavo and... and uh, Lanny. The genius. Yeah, Lanny. <laughs> Boo! Go oh, back! <laughs> obviously, rest in peace, Lanny Poffo. But... Uh, that would, but uh, and and both of them, are, oh, pretty much everyone in that group. That, oh, that's depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Char- yes. God, how depressing is that? The Charbo is the only one that's alive out of all. I mean, but, if you uh, look at a lot of these uh, families, there's not many that are still around on most of them. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like some of them, but it seems pretty obvious which way a lot of them will be leaning. I think. I mean, I mean. I'd spoil it as well. You guys are pretty much saying it that we think that it's pretty quite likely that it's going to be heading towards the Anawaii versus Hart final, and there are only a few potential ones that could upset, up, upset those. Like but McMahon's. I'm and, see, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what the Rhodes and the Von Erics and the um, and the yeah the Manson potentially flares as well do. I think they could be like the only real contenders to it. Maybe Guerrero as well, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, so that is going to be up in the way that I plan on doing this, probably going forward on Thursday nights. I'm going to switch them over. And then on Fridays when we do the hot tags, then we've got that to, to talk about. It's one of our topics. So round one up and running. Go ahead and vote for that over the course of the next few days and cast your votes to see who moves on to round two. And then we'll give a quick breakdown of that and probably by the end of the tournament when we do like the winner assessment and everything we'll probably do a little bit more of an in-depth thing maybe it'll be a dark cast maybe it'll just be part of the hot tags i don't really quite know exactly what my plan is yet because my plans for the wrestlemania week are just completely chock full of stuff and this is going to end a couple days after wrestlemania so we'll see but generally speaking if you want to go back and check out the dark cast where we settled on the bracket for this then go to patreon.com slash moment or go to the join button over on youtube and you can get access to the dark cast here that way we got to pick a poison coming up as well from uh marquise just sponsored something right before we got started for this so stay tuned for a pick a poison of big money rustlers <laughs> for the fan tracks we i don't know if we're going to constitute a fan tracks or a fan ounce table thing because it is kind of wrestling related it is just a movie so it's either going to be on Fanboys Anonymous or it's going to be on Spark at Moment. One way or another, we'll we'll settle on that. Um, under a mango tree somewhere. Yeah. You know, and once you like one thing under a mango tree and you support another thing, whatever, you keep uh, watering all the roots. Also, to get back to you guys a little bit, a little reminder of what's going on with our contest sponsored by Fun.com right now. The Road to WrestleMania contest is for three different winners to win a Dusty Rhodes Funko Pop. So if you want to win that, not only should you be obviously doing the Smart Madness tournament on Smart Moment, which is on the sidebar, but right underneath that, on the right-hand side, is your link to be able to enter the contest in all sorts of different ways. You can do things like follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts and the YouTube channels and 
post things on uh you know retweet on twitter and you can post stuff uh on reddit and i mean there's a whole laundry list of different ways that you could do it including actually the pick your poison thing so uh marquise by part again uh getting part of the whole thing there he got himself a couple different entry points and you can pick up some merchandise on redbubble and t public to get some extra entry points and everything so if you want to get yourself a little uh funko pop there's some great ways to do that and let's go to another hot tag topic right now. Well, this is not really something that we could dive too deep into, but it's something worth mentioning because it's part of the news that happened this week. Uh, Sonya Deville had gotten arrested, and this is one of those arrests that I do not think is going to affect her career whatsoever. Not like a DUI or, you know, a, a, an abuse charge or anything. She was arrested for having a firearm in her car in like a parking garage or something the attendant had come across it and uh called it in and they found out that she doesn't have a license for it the permit thing is different in different states and she was in new jersey at the time and that's about it i don't blame her for having that <laughs> you know based off of the situations that came in before and as far as i'm concerned it, i haven't seen anything that has indicated that there's any heat on her I don't necessarily think that there should be. Um, you guys think that anything's going to come out of this, or is it just sort of... No, it was uh, police officer doing their job. Sonya's in the process of getting rid of the firearm altogether as it is, but she started carrying after you know a certain life event that we all know about, and I don't think anybody can blame her for that, and it's just a matter of circumstance in this one. Yeah, I think that, at least from what I've read, the people were understanding of why she had the firearm. So I don't think it's going to have any repercussions on her, like her positioning on TV or anything like that. It's just one of those things that needs to get rectified. Nobody's in the wrong in any of this situation. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that it, it is an offence what she did, uh, but it's, it's not one that I think she's going to serve significant time for or any time for. Let's put it that way. So. Yeah, it's just one of those things. As far as other news of like arrests and everything like that, the Jeff Hardy stuff we didn't talk about before. I don't remember if that was pre-Hot Tags last week or if it came afterward, but his um, license is suspended for 10 years, I think is what it is. And obviously we've said many, many things in the past about uh, our opinions about that, and it hasn't really changed over the course of that. We're all just kind of hoping that Jeff Hardy finally gets what he needs to be able to move on beyond PS, uh, all this kind of stuff. And maybe some good news down the line. I don't know. Um, that I think has more of an influence on somebody's career than what the zone you develop things going on, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. And Matt Hardy said on the most recent episode of his podcast, they haven't discussed any potential return to wrestling for Jeff at this time, which is the right call. Um, There's always a chance, but first and foremost, I hope Jeff is healthy. So that's... Oh, God. I was going to say that I I think that... And and again, people's mileage may vary because Jeff is a very popular wrestler, so that will encourage people to want him to see him back in the ring. But I think that realistically at this point, if you are so inclined to want to see Jeff actually recover and get better than probably keeping him as far away from a ring now is the 
is the best thing for him. Yeah. So we'll track that story if anything else breaks about that. Talk about that in a future episode of the Hot Tags, I'm sure. Let's go to this. Uh, this is a trademark thing, and it kind of ties into AW Dark in a different kind of way. Um, we normally don't talk about what happens on Dark because it's usually just you know here's a list of people who beat other people, and I don't watch it. <laughs> so that's another thing too to be like this match was a real standout or anything, but. AWS trademarked QTV or quality TV. And apparently it is a thing on dark, but my mind went straight to QT Marshall doing something. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. What's going on with this, Rob? Um, we're all, uh, most people are assuming it's QT Marshall because the factory just sort of disappeared. I think he put out one tweet that sort of said it was a good run after they got jumped by the house of black. So this quality TV thing, there's no real mention of it outside of two quick bumpers that if you watch TMZ in any way, you will know that they're directly just doing the TMZ logo, but it says QTV. Is it that like now, to, kind of thing? Yep, exactly. And just says QTV. Now, if you go to the Twitter, quality TV AEW, they're promising... Only the real news on AEW. So I feel like what we could end up getting here is some kind of GTV vibe while also potentially making fun of some dirt sheets. I think it's obviously QT and it could be a fun gimmick. You know, GTV was fun for a while. And I don't know if it'll lead to anyone really getting over or anything, but it's a fun thing to do. I don't think I had seen any of the GTV stuff. I think that that was past my time when I was in the, like that lull and not watching anymore. It was like probably 2000 something, right? Mm-hmm. Like a one or two. Yeah, it was uh, probably while you weren't watching. Cause I wasn't was watching from 2000 to 2006. Maybe late 99. Late 99 was when I stopped for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, it might have been like right at the beginning of when I stopped watching. It would, it would have to be around that period because GTV was supposed to be Goldust thing, wasn't it? It was supposed to be Goldust, yeah. That makes sense with the G. And then, you know, QT, there's not many people that would have the QT thing to go with QTV on this. I'm down for him getting the different type of gimmick. I don't know if it would be necessarily this one is what I would go with, but... The, He's one of those people that got fucked when Cody left because, yeah. like, everything he did essentially revolved around Cody. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for them getting a different chance and a new lease on life. And I didn't like the factory. <laughs> you know, the Nightmare Family thing that's so... Oh, God, what was the version of it that uh, Brandy had? The Nightmare Collective? Was that the name? Nightmare Collective, yes. That was fucking atrocious. And then... Hey, hey, what happened to Mel? Where is Mel? Yeah, Mel disappeared real fast. She was like the first person that they canned, I think, in the company. You heard um, Havoc. But they... They have Havoc? Oh, Jimmy oh, Havoc? Other, yeah, the other one. I, I was thinking of uh, Jessica. Yeah, no. Jimmy Havoc. Um, yeah, the, the Nightmare Collective thing I didn't like. I didn't really love the Nightmare Family in a lot of different ways, but it was the best version of that. And then when they went off with the factory, it was just... QT Marshall and a couple guys, and they lost every match. So, if QTV is a different thing, 
And if it pops up on AEW Dynamite, <laughs> then, you know, I'll see it, but I'm not going to be watching Dark. Not going to be watching uh, specifically for the QTB thing to be like, okay, let me tune in for that. But it could be fun. I don't know. I don't like TMZ, so that's another <laughs> hurdle for me to get past. Whenever that show's on before SmackDown or Raw or whatever it is that that, that air is like, that's on mute for me. I'm not going to watch that crap. I don't care about like Selena Gomez is uh, dating this person. And um, did you hear what Khloe Kardashian said about what? Eh, no. <laughs> did you hear that Angela Bassett did the thing? I did hear that Angela Bassett did the thing. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> now I have that in my head. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you blame your wife because it hasn't left my head for the last week it's all caroline's fault we're getting that in our heads <laughs> well let's talk about a different form of quality tv and that's a joke the bell twins are going to <laughs> a show for amazon prime called twin love about twins finding love because that's what it's called there's not a chance this is going to <laughs> Well, let me put it this way. There's not a chance it's good for somebody like me. <laughs> I'm sure that people that like this show will will think that it's great. But hey, I, I don't like golf. And people love golf. So we all have different tastes. I can't possibly imagine enjoying this show. <laughs> You're the only one out of the three of us that is likely to watch this show. I can see Caroline getting to watch it. No, nah, it's not happening. I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If I couldn't be bothered to watch Bella's... Uh, with the total Bellas and total divas after like the first two seasons of that show or something. I forget when I stopped when I was just like, okay, this isn't going to get any better. Um, and I, you know, I don't watch miss and misses and I, I didn't finish watching Holy Foley. Even I think I watched like two episodes of that. I never watched that big show show. Well, that wasn't reality. That was a sitcom. No, but I mean, just in general, like the uh, the idea of like pro wrestling people on a show doesn't just immediately mean that I'm going to do it. And I'm sure that they assume that that's going to be the case, especially because let's be honest, a lot of pro wrestling fans are just sort of on the dim side <laughs> and just like, hey, it's, uh, it's uh, Nikki Bella. That's pretty Bella. I'm going to watch this because it's Bella's. And then well, I shouldn't just say it's pro wrestling fans. It's every everybody that's out there. We're all dumb. <laughs> but i'm not watching this you guys have any chance of uh tuning into this no sir no <laughs> no I, I i will refuse i think uh <laughs> I, I i just don't know how it's gonna well i know how it's gonna work perhaps it's gonna be shit like every single uh one of these reality dating shows but what happens if like one of the dates goes really well and the other date goes really badly that's your hook like, <laughs> what, yeah, no, what are they gonna the do <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the interesting thing it's like like one of the twins one one pair of, well one half of each of the twins is going really well and then the other two hate each other and then well then, that's totally then, gonna then, happen yeah and then the you episodes. build a reality oh so it's like reality show that creates a reality show because you do that and then you build a reality show off those couples now you're thinking like they are like <laughs> and you call that? it you call it twin flames because one's got the fiery heat of passion and the twin other Ferno. one's got the uh twin Ferno. there twin you go Ferno, yeah. <laughs> look at that why are we not getting paid for this show? <laughs> you 
the other one hates each other with a fiery passion the other one loves each other with a fiery passion of course you're gonna do the gimmick where they trade off because the other twins are really hitting it off with the other twin you know like Mm -hmm. there's basic plot points that we're gonna hit here you know that meme on top of the empire state building and so it's the towering (laughs) twin burner (laughs) you know that meme of the conference where it's like a little cartoon and they're like well what can we do to like get profits up and the guy suggests something that's very basic so they throw him out the window yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is what's going on right now with this conference. Well, we have no plans on watching this, but of course, if you want to sponsor that through Pick Your Poison, yeah, you can. please uh, let us know if we're right, because I'm sure we are, because very basic stuff that should be going on here. But what we do have plans on talking about is that our next main event after the pay-per-view point stuff for this weekend is going to be a discussion on wrestlers in movies and TV shows. We're going to focus a little bit more on movies than on uh, TV shows, but we will talk about things like young rock. We're going to talk about even I was going through last night and I was actually making up my top rope list and going through, there's a, a couple of different resources that are out there of like, uh, like cage match has a list of like people that have been in TV shows and movies and all. And I was like, Oh yeah, big show was in an episode of burn notice. I forgot about that. And, uh, you know, Candace Michelle popped up on an episode of this and I forgot about how many people have been on Arrow or Smallville or whatever it was. So we will talk some TV stuff when it comes to that. Going to talk a lot about The Rock, a lot about Batista, some fun things about Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Hulk Hogan and all sorts of different uh, pluses and minuses when it comes to wrestlers in Hollywood with our special combo edition because it's going to have a little bit of Mount Rushmore element to it. It's going to have some top rope lists going over a lot of Hollywood discussion. And I mean, over the course of these next couple of days, you're also going to get that fan tracks thing. So a lot of quality TV and quality movies, not quite on the twin love side of things, but if you are a fan of that type of content and you want more from the Hollywood and geek culture and media entertainment like that, Go to fanboysanonymous.com, like, share, favorite, follow, subscribe, all those good things over on the blue brand. The more support you give to that, the more that I can apply to Smart Cat Moment and vice versa. So hit up the Patreon for that. Go and follow on Twitter. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Pay attention to things like the Blueprint Project. I finished writing out my script of how I'm going to read out the synopsis for Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 of Batman uh, nighttime story so you will get your first two out of the 100 records from the wayne foundation archives coming up relatively soon i might try to record that on this weekend i don't know exactly how it's going to work out but it's uh it's going to be a fun time so pay attention to that on fanboysanonymous.com share your support for that in whatever way that you can and let's go back around now to the last hot tag that I have that isn't related to TV or pay-per-view type stuff quite yet, but there are some rumblings that Brock Lesnar might be wrapping up his career and we might have his last match be against Omas. I, I, I refuse this news. I don't care who it came from. I, I don't know who this news came from. I don't know if it's from Sean. If it is, I don't care. I, I refuse this. This, is, this would be atrocious. This would be the worst way to end Brock Lesnar's career. But I do think it is telling because really this booking with Omos and everything he's done since losing Heyman has really humanized 
Lesnar, and I think it's telling that he could even just be on at any point in this WrestleMania card. It doesn't feel like, well, this could be a main event. This could be... No, this is the first Brock Lesnar match since he's come back, really, 10, uh, 11 years ago, where it's like, yeah, this is just a match. It's a match on a show. Yeah, so got the kind of, well, a version of the story up. So this was a follow-up that PW uh, Insider did to Fightful's report on something that we also can discuss, which is Brock Lesnar declining to wrestle Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 39. But they ba- they basically said that uh, uh, Lesnar was saying farewell to some people and he was quote unquote finishing up and it wasn't actually super clarified what finishing up meant. Um, it was also known that Lesnar was not necessarily not necessarily done on that night or even at WrestleMania. And yeah, so it's essentially saying that there's some rumors about it, but it's all a lot of speculation at this point. There's nothing concrete suggesting that the match with Omos will be his final match. But it, I mean, you so would we're say looking like, at some point in the next year, essentially. Yeah, yeah, like... mean, yeah. At his age, he's done everything. He's earned more money than so many other wrestlers in the past. He lives on a farmland and he, can, he basically just doesn't like people. And so he can just, he's now in the perfect position where he can just be on his farm with his wife in bed for hours at a time or whatever <laughs> and uh and yeah just just live his life out there in the wilderness in the canadian wilderness but um but yeah you, you know it's kind of those things that no one has ever really retired in wrestling so i'm sure if the money's right he'd come back every now and again but this may be i mean we're seeing a lot more of him like in the last year or so than we probably have done at other stages of his since his return mm-hmm He's uh he's featuring quite heavily, but uh, but yeah, I I would I certainly echo Rob's point that I do not want to see his final match against Omos, particularly if he were to lose that match against Omos. By the way, not a bit, not a joke. I really, this is the year. Put Sable in the damn Hall of Fame. Like, you're running out of women to put in the Hall of Fame, and Sable's a really good one. So put her in the Hall of Fame. I'm curious why that hasn't happened yet. Uh, then again, I mean, we're already March 3rd, and there's not been a single announcement for this year's Hall of Fame yet. You They're going to kick it in high gear within the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. I think we've been talking about that for the past month, haven't we? Well, no, because now it's March, and the way that they do it now, you have to remember, it's just going to be sports exclusive by Sports Illustrated. Uh, Batista's going in, or whatever. I mean... They still have the Hall of Fame listed. It's supposed yeah, to be happening, happening after SmackDown. It's not like they pulled that from there. So maybe this is going to be one of those years that they go like, ah, fuck, we forgot about it. And then, well, we'll see who we can get or whatever. Or maybe it's just one of those things that they've got people locked down and nobody's talking about it. And they really do plan on just having basically something as simple as like, we got Batista that's your reason to tune in. Everybody else is just sort of filler and we'll come back around to it next year. But to me, it's like, well, it's Hollywood. Like you should have, you know, this should be Cindy Lauper should be going in this year. And Lauper should have gone in a long time ago. A long, long time ago. But like, there's, Um, you know, it would be a really cool one. I know a bit impromptu to just have this discussion. Find a way to put Goldust in there. 
I still I know wish. he's doing stuff with AEW, but I'd to put him in there. Yeah, I, I would be totally down for that. Maybe even he's going to be at Mania anyway. No one's going to stop him from being at Cody's main event. Maybe even throw yeah. in Marlena too, and just be like, "Look, Terry's not somebody who's like you know won the title a bunch of times or anything like that." But like that package gimmick or something, they did the Hollywood thing. Play into that. Yeah, I don't know if they want to be inducted at the same time. <laughs> one another but you know you never know at the very least like i'd be down for the gold dust thing for that they could wait a little bit they don't have to with that but like batista seems like he needs to be announced and then you should have cindy in there you should have i mean there's a plenty list of people there's even a whole website dedicated to not in the hall of fame that we could get into like why is bam bam bigelow is not Hilton involved in, in the there? Hall of fame? uh i think he might have been put in there with the hearts i don't know for it's sure not Pillman, put the hollywood blonde in the hall of fame what the fuck you're in hollywood just do it just do it actually he might not have been because they i mean they didn't induct owen so yeah go ahead and put the hollywood blondes in you know what i mean maybe uh maybe this is the year that we finally get uh jim Cornette <laughs> or something like highly doubt it um Obviously, that is the story that we will eventually talk about. I mean, we can get to the point where it might just be at the last minute we talk about that. But well, let's talk about the more interesting part of that story, which is how much Bray Wyatt sucks. <laughs> I mean, people have said multiple times over Brock is one of the smartest guys in the business. He knows how to make money and he makes money really well and he does it by doing very little I don't say that do very little work. His matches are dynamic if short, but it's a case of he's an entertainer, but he's an entertainer for a price and he doesn't work by the hour. And so when he sees the opportunity of like, oh, you'll want to put me in the ring with that guy. No, thank you. I'll take on the giant that can't that can barely move. And I'll, and I'll, do, I'll do that match and I'll get it out, in and out in three minutes and I'll see you guys later on. Maybe if, if and when I want to come back. I think that it's another, it's just another damning indictment of that sort of if Bray Wyatt is back and he's had one televised match since he's returned, it's this whole Uncle Howdy storyline has sucked and it's made I would say not made no sense, but like nothing's progressed really. It's progressed from Uncle Howdy attacking Bray Wyatt to now Uncle Howdy is his tag team partner or friend or ally or whatever you want to refer to it because they can't be tag team partners because bray Wyatt doesn't wrestle um and so to end up with this this situation where you you want to showcase this guy and put him against like one of your biggest draws and the draw says no i'm not going to do it that guy sucks or, or uh, probably word, not words to that effect, but maybe that is his words. I, I imagine Brock wouldn't uh, mind mincing his words about this. But he's like, yeah, I don't think I'll take on that guy, and I won't take on Gunter either. Or, or I'll, I'll, I'll take on Omos, because, you know, that's that just makes sense. Was there any kind of confirmation about that he turned down the Gunter thing, or that they just went in a different direction? Yeah, as I say, it's I, worth noting in the, in the Sean report that while Gunther was penciled in in November, there was no real clear-cut reason given as to why it didn't happen. Yeah, I think we should also probably bring up the the speculation that this was a Vincent Man decision, or a Vincent Man decision, a Vincent Man pushed for idea. 
which is certainly a possibility because look, put it this way. Vince doesn't have to be officially in creative control and like sitting at a board of directors meeting with a pen and uh, paper to be able to call the shots. He could very easily send a text message to triple H and say, Omos versus Lesnar. And then that could be going around like that. Like, I mean, I actually funny enough, you might be thinking I would go in the different direction here. I don't think that this is a Vince call. Why? I think it's one of those situations where people are looking for a rational excuse why Triple H could do something wrong. And Triple H isn't infallible. You know, he is going to have some... I think he's proved several times throughout this run that he isn't infallible. It's not like this run has been... You know, flawless. Yeah, but I mean, this feels very Vince because it's just, haha, he's big. I think. I think that that is something that's like it's clearly like Vince does do that kind of booking, but I think that that's kind of just pro wrestling in general does that booking here and there, and we even fall into those traps sometimes with our fantasy booking, and so I look at it more as like this doesn't strike me as like Vince has said, hey this is a match that I want to put my fingers on and you got to do this and whatever. And I'll sit out of all the other things. I look at it more as like, they probably just had a couple of options for Brock and the Wyatt thing. Maybe they had a plan for Wyatt versus Brock and then it went sideways. So then they decided, well, I mean, Lashley's the next best thing to do the same basic storyline of like him against a big, muscular brute guy maybe that's what they plan on doing we don't know what the whole bray wyatt element of this is because the story doesn't exist right now he just did the muscle man dance thing which was the bare minimum of like reminding you that this is a feud that's supposed to have a story to it but it doesn't so if we see something as lesnar said no because it's just it's so thrown together right it's literally just Throw the muscle man dance thing from a couple of years ago on the Titantron. Throw in some Lashley clips. Because it wasn't like a new muscle man dance. It wasn't like, oh, we're back with the muscle man dance. It was literally just throw the old video up there, plug in some shots of Lashley, and let's keep this ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I think, and this, because remember, he was supposed to work with Wyatt in 2016. Never happened. I'm beginning to think that Brock Lesnar's just like, I ain't doing that dumb shit. I'm, I ain't doing no spooky shit. Yeah, I don't want to act he, like I'm intimidated by this guy that's got these puppets and stuff. Because even if you look at his shit with Undertaker, Brock doesn't really deal with spooky Taker. Mm-hmm. He interacted with Taker a couple times while Taker was the dead man. But the first time, Taker just stabbed him in the hand with a pen. That's a very real thing. Anybody could do anybody the second and third time he kicked him in the balls he hasn't really ever had to deal with the spooky shit maybe brock is just like no and i think not doing that i think a good part of that is there had been talks that they have some other kind of sponsored match in mind for mania and we don't know what the sponsorship deal is but i mean the last thing we saw was the mountain dew pitch black match 
Snickers is the only thing that's been <laughs> associated with WrestleMania right now. But if they're going to do something that's like, you know, hey, you're not feeling like yourself, have a Snickers. The character Bray Wyatt is one of those types of, you know, hey, I'm not feeling like myself. I'm going to eat a Snickers. And then now I'm like the the fiend version of me. And now I'm the Uncle Howdy version of me or whatever the fuck. They could have had this idea in mind of like, well, we want to do a special gimmick match with Bray Wyatt. And wouldn't it be fun? Maybe it's the WWE side. Maybe it's like the Snickers or whatever the fuck the sponsorship is. They could be like, you know, oh, it'd be great to see like him against Brock because Brock's like a big name and whatever. And that would really give a lot of attention to our product. Brock turns it down. So then they end up going, well, we can give you Lashley and whatever instead of just going with what I would have done <laughs> in that scenario, if that's true, which is, okay, well, let's put him with like Carrying Cross or something and finish out this Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar thing. But without seeing what the hell they have planned for the Bray Wyatt side of things, I am kind of leaning more towards that. That's what's going on. And then that they just sort of tried to figure out another couple of alternatives for Brock. And they said, well, you know, we don't have somebody like an AJ styles for you to fight. And there's no story there either, but we got Omas. You're feuding with Lashley. He's got the MVP connection. This sort of makes sense. It is something that looks like, hey, it's Brock versus a big guy. Theoretically, I look, I would never have booked this. But if you're going to tell me that they would do Brock against, like, Elias or Brock against mustafa ali or you know any of these other people that are not booked yet on the card even baron corbin you know i'm a baron corbin fan i see more logic in the omas thing than i do with most other options again not at all what i would pick (laughs) i would certainly much rather see brock lesnar against a lot of other people for a better match and a better story and just because it's hey you know I'd rather see him have a five minute match against LA Knight than against, um, I don't know, Umberto. You know, like there's certain pecking orders, but the Omas thing kind of makes a little bit of sense to me. So I think that it's just they had some other plans, they kind of fell apart, and now they're trying to piece things together. And that just, there you go. I don't think it's a Vince thing. You don't think this is like just, hey, we're celebrating 30 years of The Undertaker against Dragon Gonzalez by putting another over guy against a giant nobody wants to see wrestle. (laughs) No, I don't think, honestly, that anybody in WWE creative even knows that that's like 30 years since then. That's the type of thing that I think a lot of people that when, you know, like people like us, you you know, I got my fucking statistics pages and stuff like we remember that stuff more. And you figure a lot of the people that are on the creative team probably didn't even watch five years ago. And then some of the other people yeah. that are even like the hyper, like Triple H knows his shit. He's studied this. He's been a fan forever. He's been in the business forever. I don't think he could be like, oh, coming up, this is the anniversary of whatever. Well, I was, I would hope that they weren't just like trying to pay tribute to an awful match. Yeah. But, you know, I think um, if we were going to get some kind of tribute to an awful match like that, we would have gotten something with like Shanky where it's just like a joke, you know? Look back to, back to the Wyatt of it all. 
I think it's really like at this point, there's no coming back to this character. And this is the problem with Bray Wyatt is they do this shit all the time where they'll go, oh, he just had that moment with The Undertaker. That was a big moment. He's passing the torch. That's super over. It's like, not if you're following it up with this. Mm-hmm. What is this? This is just literally a match. And it's it's one that's going to make everybody involved look silly. You know, like, you can book Wyatt well. It's just nobody wants to do that. And maybe, you know, not to put it all on the creative, even if it is Vince, maybe it's an issue of Wyatt thinks that this shit is deeper than it is. Oh, I think that's definitely. I don't know. Yeah. And like, I'm not trying to knock the guy because I do know that we, a lot of people have just taken to doing that where it's like, okay, let's knock him when everybody was just planning for him to return. I just think, I just want it to make sense. And that's why I always say I miss the, the uh, swamp cult leader with the Wyatt family because that made sense. That was, you know, not hard to understand. And even a little culturally relevant because it wasn't swamp people a thing at the time. Um, you know, that era of Wyatt was so much better than... And this week, we're adding five layers of lore. What does it all mean? We don't know. <laughs> Moving on. like A good analogy that I could use. I uh, Actually, there's two. I mean, I had mentioned before in our group chat outside of the podcast about how the Bray Wyatt story follows a lot of what the star wars sequels have been where they have no plan and then they just sort of hey wait until it uh finishes out before you criticize it and then when you get to the rise of skywalker then everybody goes well i mean fucking stop hating the thing i hate (laughs) you know a lot of people really like bray wyatt a lot of people really wanted to like the star wars movies and that they just are going to make excuses for it whatever but another analogy that just popped in my mind that for anybody who's seen the movie it'll probably hit them uh if anybody hasn't seen it i would recommend not mulholland drive is the bray wyatt thing it's a lot of something that's interesting happening and then the next thing you know the movie's over and then when you go wait what the fuck did i watch then when you look back and go ah well i mean they had plans for this to be this and this was kind of a pilot for a tv show and they set this up for no reason. And that, that was just something to throw you off and whatever. And you go, Oh, so that's a bunch of shit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's uh, the equivalent of a, somebody that's stoned out of their mind talking about philosophy might sound like it's interesting and they might seem like they have a good idea. And at the end of the day, they're really just spitting out nonsense. So if I'm Brock and I'm like, Hey, I don't want to do the spooky shit. And I also know this match isn't going to be good. And, this isn't leading anywhere and I'm not invested. Yeah. I'll pick up the fucking big guy. That's about it. You know? Yeah. What can you, what else can you really add? Yeah. Now, if we get any kind of further clarification that he is leaving and that this is his last match, that's even more. So I don't want to see Brock against Amos as the finish for that. Probably would have rather I've seen them just push Gable Stevenson up. Maybe do that. At least try to make him seem like he's going to be a thing. Even if he's not ready yet, have Brock do the match, you know, but I'm kind of looking at it as this makes more sense than I would. 
like to admit. I don't like it. You're going to be hearing over the course of the next five weeks a lot of me going like, he'll pick up a moss, he'll do a fucking move, and that's the end of it. Moving on. But I don't think it's a Vince thing. At the end of the day, uh, you know, conspiracy, tinfoil hat, what's your projection? Is it or is it not a Vince call? No, I'm going to say no. I'm blinders on, but I'm hoping that Vince is genuinely just far away from creative. I'll say it's not a definitively a Vince call, but I think that he would have at least put forward the idea of this. Yeah, he might have like pitched like, well, I don't know, how about these well, options or something? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he'd probably been putting out, uh, I'd say, like, I, I can imagine a world where he's been saying this is a potential option with, like, just, hunt, like, hunt maybe asking him, well, what, what would you do with Brock? And say, oh, I'll put him with Omos. And, and Triple H said, oh, okay, I'll take under advisement. And then when, because essentially, if this report is correct and all the reports that be coming out that um, it was essentially going to be Bray Wyatt versus Brock up until the day of Elimination Chamber itself when Brock just said, nah. And then they switched it to that lane DQ finish. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it was just a case of like Vince just saying, no, nope, I definitely want to have the Omos match do it, and it got uh, greenlit. I think it was just saying that uh, was a done as an alternative that they could reasonably put together in that time. Yeah, and because everybody, you got to put yourselves in their shoes too. If you run into a situation where plans change, it might come off like oh my god this was your plan the whole time this is stupid this comes out of left field and sometimes it just is as simple as like look something got in the way and we had to figure out an alternative whether it's like an injury or it's you know i it, this person couldn't show up. i mean look at the trish stratus situation i don't know what the hell they're thinking with that i don't know why they didn't bother to do this but this probably should have happened weeks ago because the lita and becky lynch thing the cage match was supposed to happen on that raw special. And then they just decided not to do it. They ran out of time, whatever it was. I don't know why they couldn't have cut other things on the card. Would have made a little bit more sense to me, but they pushed that. And then now we're in the situation where Trish would have made more sense to pop up in Canada. They pushed it to the next week and she just runs out for the sake of it. We'll talk about that when we get into, I guess we should transition and talk about that. Cause I mean, we backtrack with other things, but the way that Monday Night Raw ended was that the Dakota Kai and Eosky Damage Control defending the tag team titles against Becky Lynch and Lita match had this spot in it where Trish just runs out and she helps even the odds and we get new tag team champions. I had thought that maybe it would go a different direction. Maybe it would be Dakota and EO retain because of Bailey, and then that's when Trish comes out and that leads to whatever, but it seems like their plan, at least from what I can surmise, is that they wanted to have Becky Lynch and Lee to hold the belts because they can say that they did. You have them go in as champions. That seems a little bit better for the marquee. Not to crap on Dakota Kai and Skai, but look, I mean, it's Becky Lynch and Lita. There is a becking order. And maybe Dakota Kai and Skai are also in that match against Ronda and Shayna, maybe some other teams. I don't know. They could just be like, well, we want a shot at getting our belts back. Could be like that. Seems like we're getting Bailey versus Trish. Could be night one. We get damage control 
in like a uh, the three of them against Becky Lynch and Lita and Trish, and then night two we get Becky Lynch and Lita against Ronda and Shayna. Would be the craziest thing. But the Trish thing just goes to show like things can change, and it might seem like it makes no sense because it didn't make sense from the beginning of the story. That's why I plot out a lot of my <laughs> blueprint project stuff way, way, way in advance. And I can go, oh, okay, well, that's why you're referring to him as Apollo and stuff. I'm getting, uh, putting out my teasers. So when it comes to the Trish situation and damage control and the tag titles, what'd you guys think about that? The moment was fine. It was cool to see Lito win a title in 2023. The moonsault looked very well. Surprisingly, some of the other stuff was a bit iffy, but <laughs> I was going to say some of it didn't, you know, I think it's cool that she's holding about if I'm fantasy booking, she's teaming with Trish and that's what I would have done. But I understand put her in a team with Becky. Becky can do 90% of the work. Um, Trish and Bailey's cool. Like this is a cool, uh, I'm thumbs up on this, but I would have flipped it and had, Find a big match for Becky. Find a big match for Becky and Bailey to do in a singles. So that way it's your two horsewomen clashing in a match that doesn't have to be for a title. And then you can have the legends holding the women's tag titles and lose it to, I presume, Ronda and Jenna. I assume part of it's because they want Becky to hold down the fort for the match. Yeah, that's that's what I think it is as well. It was a a good moment for like a certain fan base. I, I've always like never like shied away from the fact that I don't think Leah is good. I think she's really bad. she's she was a bad wrestler in her prime, and nowadays she is uh, a bit reckless, a bit sloppy, to say the least. Because now she doesn't even have any reps going into it, and the moonsault was good. And it, it, I mean, last year, like it fueled my um, uh, rationale that Becky Lynch is one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time. That she ha- managed to have a decent match with Lita. Um, so I think that yeah, if you put the title on these two, it's a bigger deal. It pretty much guarantees that Becky's got a spot on the WrestleMania card. Seemingly to lose the tag titles because I don't imagine that this is like a long-term tag team championship reign. I imagine it maybe even go just one match longer. <laughs> But I think that, uh, yeah, but it's just like, it's a cool thing to see at the end of Raw, like a legend that so many fans revere holding the championship and Becky's super popular as well. It means Becky's finally got to be a tag team champion, which is the one thing that she, well, I say the one thing, she's never been NXT women's champion either, but like she's she's won all the women's titles on the main roster now. So she gets to tick that off, Lee gets to be a tag team champion, you get to build towards Trish and Bailey, which would be a big match for Bailey to be part of. So, yeah, there's not really much wrong with this at all. Do we think there's any chance that we're overthinking it and there won't be a singles match and it's just a six-woman tag? Like I said, I think that there's a chance that we get that for night one. But that's only if they follow it up with night two. Is Ronda and Shayna are winning those belts at Mania. So either they do double duty or it ends up being Becky and Lita against Ronda and Shayna and damage control is not involved. Or they do Becky, Lita, Dakota, EO, Ronda, Shayna, 
potentially plus some other people. Um, put up a thing on EWN the other day about just like who's not booked on the card yet. And I was like, God, man, there really is a lot of people that don't have anything like, you know, officially Austin theory and John Cena is not yet scheduled, but we, we know it's going to happen. And Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. Monday. Yeah. Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins is not hundred percent set in stone, but that's going to happen. Technically Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt, not set in stone, but it's going to happen. But then you look at other people and you're like, they got nothing going on for some of these guys. And especially a lot on the women's division. Like we haven't seen Alexa in a long time. We haven't seen anything going on with Raquel. There's nothing going on with Liv. There's a lot of just maybe like 60% of the roster is just not going to be on Mania this year. And it seems kind of crazy, but I do think that there's a chance we get the, the double duty situation and I don't know if they plan on doing it that way or not, just to be able to be like, look, we got both things in and it's not as messy, but they're certainly not building towards anybody being a part of the Rhonda and Shayna group to make it like three on three on three. So other things that happened on raw were uh, most of them just kind of a thing like the Usos. If you go in a different formation of the Usos against the street profits, Cody Rhodes had a, a good match with Chad Gable. You guys think they're splitting Gable and Otis? They, they are. are. They are doing the whole maximum male models thing with Otis, which I think is fun. But it could just be like a tease, and that they don't actually do it. Well, Chad Gable's I'd... getting a push as a singles because Triple H likes him as a single. Yeah, I think that's what uh, I'd, I'd seen the reports going out there as well. But I heard they might be a bit. Well, Gable and Otis might are a bit hesitant about it because they don't want to split up the tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems to be they are going in the direction of Otis being uh, part of Maximum Man Models. And, I, I mean, I would be super down for Chad Gable to get a, 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 a good run as a singles guy, whether he's heel or babyface, because I, that's before I think he is the sec- he's not obviously at that same level, but I think that he's got a lot of the same things that you can compare Kurt Angle to. Like he's got he's just got those intangible qualities. Obviously he's a great Matt wrestler, but he also does high flying, he does a fantastic moonsault, and he's a great character, he's got great promos. I think yeah, I think he's the closest thing we've ever seen to Kurt Angle coming back. And so yeah, I, I think that it's time that he gets a push and becomes main event guy. Well not main event, but like a, 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 at least an upper mid card guy. I mean I would be totally down for him to be the guy that beats uh, Gunther for the IC title. Or Austin be, Theory for uh, the United States title. Yeah, be a, be a long-running US champion. Yeah, I think that I think it's about time with him. I think he's earned it. Especially with, like, that match with Cody was so good. It was one of the best matches of the entire week on any promotion. Like, he just he just knows how to make matches great. And obviously Cody's great as well. I mean, you see that like awesome Cody cutter into one of the greatest sells I've ever seen of the crossroads. So it's like, yeah. I I think it's he's only stripes. It's time that he moves up the card. I agree. We're all in agreement there, and uh, I don't think we have anything that we. I mean, maybe maybe we're not in agreement about this, but I don't think we really have too much to say about this whole Candice LeRae, Nikki Cross, Gargano, Dexter thing. It's just sort of something's happening there, and we'll see where it goes. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's where I entered the who cares territory. Yeah. 
it's not um mm-hmm. yeah i'm a big fan of a lot of them but it's not hooking me quite yet neither is the idea of carmella being in the middle of the feud of oscar and bianca belair yeah that's awful <laughs> awful we've and talked like and we talked about this for multiple things for multiple years now it sucks when they've got a match leading into mania and they go it's person versus person let's throw another person in there because we don't know what to do for six weeks and i want to make it clear we're not knocking Carmella, or at least I'm not knocking Carmella. No, I like Carmella. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not knocking her over. I think that she's like she she has a place and she's very talented. Mm-hmm. And so like especially with her mic work. But I just don't think you you've got two of your like top tier women's wrestlers, like Asuka with this new character shift is like just growing in popularity and is being portrayed as more dominant than ever. Why can't you just build it around those two? Why do you need to have Carmella? getting involved to probably have another inevitable match with Bianca Belair, which seems to just be just endless. They will always fight each other and Belair will always the win go home matches. Rest, the go-home Raw is going to be Bianca and Asuka against Chelsea and Carmella. Can they coexist? Of course they will. And then one will turn on the other and point to the sign. Asuka will spit in Bianca's face. Knock her out and point to the sign. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we just saved you Five weeks worth of episodes of Monday Night Raw. Next week, Bianca and fights Carmella Carmella and Carmella. Chelsea could, they could very well enter, and with the way that certain things with the women's tag titles are, they could win the match at WrestleMania and become women's tag team champions. It's just, I don't need this in my world title feud where both women are just dominant women. Have them, if you're going to have them in action, just have them beat people real quick. The other one could be watching. And then you do a montage where they train, and it's they're athletes. They're good. This is what you're watching. This ain't the main event of the show. This is what you're watching. They're good wrestlers. Let them go. I I get why you're dragging it out. I just wish that they didn't constantly feel the need to do this going towards your biggest show of the year. Also, Lashley beat Elias. <laughs> That's just kind of one of those. Yeah. And Rick Boogs was taking notes, and I think that that's one of the funniest things, one of the funniest little ongoing bits that they have. They totally have to name them. That uh, I, I can't shout out the person because I don't know off the top of my head, but whoever had suggested it on Reddit uh, to name them Rhythm and Boogs, <laughs> that's the perfect name for it. <laughs> I liked a lot of the other suggestions, like the two-man power cord and and different things, but Rhythm and Boogs is perfect. I don't care if you groan and you roll your eyes. Fuck you. <laughs> That's really good. So let's switch over to NXT. Talk about the things that happened there. Talk about our predictions for Roadblock. That's going to be happening next week. Started off with an open challenge from Wesley. He retained over the returning Nathan Fraser. That was not expecting uh, the Fraser would be the guy that would do this. I thought it was going to be stacks so that they can incorporate that. But we've talked before about the idea that maybe they end up doing another one of those multi-man ladder matches and it could be Wesley, Nathan Fraser, Dijak, Tony D'Angelo, a couple other people. I mean, maybe they just toss some other people in there, but they had a match. Wesley won. There's not much else for me to talk about on that front. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that maybe Wesley won't be defending in a ladder match. What are you thinking instead? Thinking he likes doing these open challenges. Let Dragon Lee answer it and beat him at stand and deliver. 
could be. I I think they're going to do something else with Dragon Lee and uh, come back around to that with our predictions for Roadblock. But Axiom had a thing backstage with Hank Walker that so they started off the night with people brawling to try to get to the open challenge, and Axiom was all pissed saying that Hank Walker stopped him from doing that and he shouldn't have even bothered because he wasn't going to be Wesley anyway, which upset Walker. So they eventually had a match Axiom beat Hank Walker could be a potential heel turn for either of those two in the future could just be one of those. This would be kind of interesting types of things. I think if, uh, was that you did say what happened at the end of that match? Didn't you? Yeah. I was going to say you did see that. Didn't you? Am I missing something? Did you say? Did you not see the person standing at the top of the ramp when? Did you not see Axiom, Axiom was celebrating his victory? No, I didn't see that Scripps was there. Yeah, just stand it because they, <laughs> they didn't actually point out to it or anything. That, that uh, that's why I but must have. Just, yeah. He was just standing there menacingly, just like. Was he like it, trying to do like an intimidating thing to Axiom, or is it more like no, we're finally just standing, just standing there, just standing there. Just standing there looking at him. All right, fucking team them up, make them the jobber, uh, flippy guys to get tossed around by people. Do it. I mean, I don't want to make the jobber guy act seems really good. Yeah, at this point, I'm past it. I think that the good. Hey, hey, I can't say a lot of good things about scripts, but he does flip. Yeah, he he could have a lot of fun flips when he gets tossed around by other teams. (laughs) Um. Also. Uh, Axiom put his head on Walker's knee and was just like, you're going to be great someday. Just really emphasizing the size difference between them after that match, where he just, instead of like shaking his hand or like, you know, patting him on the back, he just put his head on his knee because even sitting down, that's how much bigger Walker is than, than uh, <laughs> Axiom. We got uh, into Cher beating Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. They did a little thing again. You know, they got to push that whole love story angle of a lot of the terrible stuff. So Brooks loses this match because he's not like his head's not in the game because people aren't talking to each other. And this is all not, uh, not going to plan from that date that they had with Keanu James and all this BS. Uh, but he apologized to Briggs Briggs said he's going to talk to Keanu James on its behalf. So something's going to happen next week at Roadblock for sure. Um, they're going to have some kind of a confrontation or whatever. It's not the most engaging story I've ever seen in my life, but as far as predictions go for how that angle goes, you guys got anything in mind you think is going to go in the one direction or another? So when I saw, I've been saying for months, this should just end up with it being the Fallon has feelings for Briggs. But this Brooks. setup feels like... Brooks, you mean, right? I say, yeah, whatever. Uh, you get two <laughs> last names. It doesn't work right. Jensen. JB and um, BJ, yeah. And I feel like they're now setting it up where Josh is going to go see Yana, and it's going to be either she comes on to him or Jensen's at least going to think something happened there, and then he's going to be mad. I don't know what the end game is for this anymore, but I I am loving the bad acting at this point. I've fully just steered into this kid. It's it's fun. And if nothing else, it actually has people 
Like, oh yeah, Kiana James is one of the more notable stars on the new NXT. So it's working in that regard. You hit the nail on the head of what I what I think is gonna end up happening with this. I think they're gonna do the Briggs ends up with Kiana and turns heel, and then Brooks has Fallon all along type of CW. <laughs> I think we're getting Brooks Jensen and Fallon Henley against Josh Briggs and Kiana James down the line. Not at Roblox. It's not happening that fast, but. Well, no, Roblox is the next show, and he's right. going to go see her first. Yeah, it's not happening at Santa Delivery either or anything. I think that that's sometime in May. Maybe like a heat wave kind of thing, or yeah, like in your house. One of those. In your house usually comes. I mean, up I've been saying all along this this storyline feels like it could end with an in your house segment, but that's a different <laughs> kind of house segment. <laughs> uh, Wendy Shu got attacked in the parking lot. You know, anytime you're in the parking lot in NXT, there's a chance you might get attacked by an unknown assailant. Really think that they should install some cameras there, but hey. <laughs> So she apparently has like a legitimate injury, right? Yeah, as did Nikita. So now it's just, oh, fuck it. We'll write them off our own way. Curious why they decided to do that instead of just being like, why did she was injured? Because now you have to kind of figure that into the story. And if it's like Tatum Paxley attacked both of them, why the fuck should you do that? Or, you know what I mean? I, uh, I still think that that makes most sense for it to be Tiffany Stratton, but. I wasn't expecting the Wendy Chu element of it. Does Tiffany Stratton, and I know we just got over toxic attraction, but does Tiffany Stratton actually, is she in cahoots with Casey and Casey and they're just the mean girls again? Well, they had a match Stratton against Katana Chance. So if they do the whole, like we're all in it together, it's one of those dumb things is like well then why'd you fight each other you know i don't think that they're in it together i think at this point they very clearly decided that they still want to do the whole like we don't want casey and casey to turn type thing but stratton's the obvious pick and she has already said that she's gonna try to go for the title after roxanne perez and Mako satamora i think it's a little bit early but maybe uh maybe it's just a tease i don't know I'm beginning to think that maybe the women have a ladder match. Because you got Cora, Roxanne, Zoe, Tiffany, and then you just throw in Gigi and JC. Hmm. I think we're going to get a different thing with Gigi and JC, but... It might be last one in standing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, But if you don't want to do that, you do have this option where hey, we're putting a spotlight on the women that we would normally give to the men. Mm-hmm. Mako beat Zoe Stark. Sol Rucka beat Electra Lopez. Valentina Ferroz decided that she does not want to hit any baby faces with the brass knuckles during a match, but she has no problem at all hitting Electra Lopez with it afterward. I still anticipate that at some point Electra Lopez is going to be paired off with Lola Vice more than anybody. At least that's what I would do. But that was uh, most of that. Eventually, it ended with Carmelo Hayes beating Tyler Bate. And what we got going on now for Roadblock, to get into our predictions for that side of things, we got Jack against Tony D'Angelo in a jailhouse street fight <laughs> where you win by locking somebody in the jail cell. 
Didn't they do this in TNA with Sting and Abyss? I don't know. <laughs> I was watching. I feel like they did. Was it Joker Sting or? No, it wasn't Joker Sting. Um, this is fine. I think Dijak should win. I don't know who I'm going with right now. I'm kind of 50-50, like, every time I think about it. What about you, Callum? Um, I, I mean, I'd prefer if Tony D'Angelo won. I just think he's a bad character. But if I was just to predict how it would go, I would say that Stax turns on Tony hmm. D'Angelo and locks him in this thing and says, like, I'm the Don now. You've been promoting me up and bigging me up. Now I'm the Don. And so maybe it's like hostile takeover type territory. What's got me confused is D'Angelo is the one that put out the challenge. Whereas jailhouse is the justice guy. Yeah. The jailhouse idea of it makes more sense for it to be Dijak. And if they wanted to go with like, all right, Dijak does the vengeance thing and he throws people in the jailhouse or whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe, Maybe this leads to something with the North American title. Maybe it doesn't. That's what I was thinking originally. But now that it's that you have to win by putting somebody in the cage, Dijak can lose and he doesn't take a pinfall. And you could still, you know, figure out a way to get a triple threat or whatever they want to do. The fact that it's D'Angelo and Stacks against Dijak, in theory, you, you would think that D'Angelo should win. So I lean more towards D'Angelo more than anybody else, but wouldn't shock me if it's the other way. Wouldn't shock me if both end up getting put in there, to be honest. And it ends up just Stacks being like, then, yeah, it could be something like that. You know, they can fuck around with it. It's not like anybody's going to be like, I, I want to get my money back for this free show that you uh, have out there. I think Andre Chase is definitely going to lose to Joe Gacy. Yeah, I thought Roadblock might be the place where they said, okay, do Ava and and Thea, and let's see what Ava's got. I'm waiting for them to put her in the ring, because that's the most intriguing part of this story currently. And it's been like three years that she's been performing center, I think, right? She was out for a while with the injury, so it doesn't really count, but she's been a part of it since... I mean, she was ringside for the pandemic shows. And you can only work so much in front of your peers. I'm just ready for her to work in front of a crowd and like, let's see what's there. You think this is going to be the split with Duke Hudson? Like they finally just call it quits. I'm not sure, honestly. I'd say no. I think, I think, They've they've lucked into how over uh, Chase U is, and so I think they sh- they'd be stupid to just have Duke Hudson go out of it because as soon as Duke Hudson leaves this leaves this group, Duke Hudson's nothing. Yeah, that's true. So What's stopping I, I would... him from starting Duke University. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some trademarks. <laughs> Drat. I, I mean, you talk about bad acting. Like that segment on this show and the building up to the schism versus Andre uh, versus Joe Gacy versus Andre Chase match, just like fucking Theod's face just shaking and like moving ahead violently as people were talking. Just the weird camera angles in front of mm-hmm. everybody it was just oh, 
absolutely atrocious. Like, <laughs> like that would get a low grade on like a like a high school uh, video <laughs> editing class or something. Well, luckily, she's in a university. Maybe she. That's not her major. <laughs> we got. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. One, yeah, of the, one of the more interesting things to me, just in general, is this weird universe that NXT has crafted, where there's like a barber shop and a bar <laughs> and that's true a school and it's like in a diner they go to this diner a lot like Shawn michaels really enjoys these outside settings which i think is interesting because that's one thing from his career that i don't think he ever did you know what probably <laughs> what's the case he's got rob fee working on it and he's just like all right i got another whole set of lore here the NXT parking lot, there's like this uh, demonic force. Bray Wyatt will tell you about it. That's where originally this all came from. Was he was in NXT, and my sets are, and then you list all the you know the cutways and and everything. Like it's an interesting way to present your talent. It just it's something that is so drastically different from the rest of WWE programming that I just don't know where it constantly fits into NXT. Somebody should map it out. The way that like people make their own maps of like, all right, this is where the Harbor is in Gotham. And this is where Metropolis is in relation to Gotham and all. Somebody just be like, okay, well, if you walk down the, the side that you see Nikita got attacked in the parking lot, then you'll you'll get to the area where Velveteen Dream had that parking lot brawl thing, and then if you get to this spot, you'll see that that's where Legato abducted this person. <laughs> and like somebody do it. I'm not gonna be the one that does it. So Gigi Dolan, Joel, uh, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jean are going up against each other. I think this is gonna end in some sort of BS. I don't think we're gonna get a finish. And I think that we're going to get a last woman standing match at Stand and Deliver. Last Credit woman standing and delivering match, maybe. <laughs> Credit to them for doing this in such a way that immediately made Gigi like a sentimental favorite by bringing up the abusive situation with her mother. And she didn't bring up her I think, uh, big fat gypsy wedding, though. I don't get it. She's on that show. Huh. Yeah, um, really weird. <laughs> nice. Caroline had that's it on right. one day, and it was just like, that's fucking Gigi Dolan. Okay. It's, uh, she did that, and uh, Darby did the sex send me to the ER. There's been a lot of... Uh, and that's... Uh, money in that house. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a fan tracks yeah, for yeah. another day. <laughs> <laughs> I think this works. Like, you make Gigi a sentimental favorite. JC is the obvious, like, bitchy heel. Gigi will eventually get some music that fits her character. Now they're their own people immediately. She's looking to end Toxic Attraction. JC's just looking to win so she can move on to the belt. This is actually way better than I thought it would be. It feels like no one's going to get left behind here. Who do you think is winning? Um, JC by shenanigans. And you think there's a follow up at Stand and Deliver? 
Yeah. But you're going more. I think multi-woman. If you're going to do, if you're going to do a multi-woman for the women's title, I think this is a great place for them since they're already at that level. in NXT. So we got two different paths there. What's the road you think that they're going down, Cal? Uh, JC wins here and then GG wins at standard deliver. It's a straight up match. Oh, I, I don't know. They'll probably add some kind of like weapons based twist to the rematch. But uh, honestly, I don't. I mean, I know, I know, no, no, not caring thing is kind of my gimmick. But realistically, in this one in particular, it's just yeah. I, I, I'm not feeling it. I don't really buy. I I I I'm, I want to stress here. I completely buy that what G is saying is true and actually has happened to her. I'm just not that sympathetic towards it mm-hmm. beyond the fact beyond the fact that like I think that it's too rushed for her character to reach that point. It's like she came in and she got attacked by her best friend who she was more than willing to continue teaming with and remain as toxic attraction a couple of weeks ago until she got beaten up by her. And then and now with learning all this stuff about her like straight away, it's like, OK, we're trying to artificially create um, sympathy for you like immediately, like all, all at once. Like, there's no gradual build-up to this. Because realistically, this should all just be built around she just wants to beat the shit out of JC Jane because she broke up her team and she was her best friend and now she just wants to get revenge on her. You don't... After that, once you've had her lose to JC Jane, then you start flooding in all this stuff about how she needed... She she needed her toxic attraction and she needed that group because they, they gave her the kind of, like, security or the... Uh, comfort or the kinship that she didn't get at home and then you can build those layers into it i think they just pushed it all super thick straight away and maybe it'll work like as i say the crowd seemed to gravitate towards it but i just felt it was just so like immediately done that i kind of like it's it's, as i say it's one of those weird things where i totally believed what she was saying but i also thought it doesn't it doesn't vibe with your actual character Vibes with you as the person. I completely believe that's your story, but it doesn't feel like your character's story. Skipping too many, uh, too many chapters. Yeah, yeah you, like you've you've gone straight from like you've gone straight into being like trying to be the super sympathetic babyface straight away. When realistically, it should be a process. Like she's still like she's still Gigi Dolan. She's still like she hasn't made amends with everyone else in the women's roster or anything like that. Her goal now is to destroy. JC Jane, and that's totally fine. That's a totally valid thing after what happened. But they're, they're already trying to make her like uber baby face straight away, and it shouldn't be like that. Look, I'm, I'm completely of the mindset that you shouldn't always have to build feuds around people that like one has to be the de facto definitive baby face and one has to be the de facto definitive heel. It's a case of these two could still be despised by the entire rest of the roster because they run roughshod over the company for the bare part of two years. And nobody likes them outside of each other. And then one turns on the other. And then you gradually build up the process of turning Gigi babyface by having JC continually screw her out of things. I like the promo. I don't like that they're doing a match next week. Like if I was booking it, I'm just straight building to whatever singles match you do at Stand and Deliver. Because... Like Callum says, it feels rushed. It feels like she went from my best friend attacked me to here's my life story to we're already going to do this thing next week. And I would 
slow burn it so that, yes, she tells the story as she did, but it doesn't immediately have to play out in this match next week. You can tell more of that story over the four or five weeks between now and Stand and Deliver. That's one of the things I guess we're going to figure out when it comes to Tuesday night. I want to make some kind of uh, when one door fails to open, <laughs> another one closes. Kind of joke, but I can't think of it. Um, we also have Brown Breaker and the Cree Brothers got to team up against Indu Share six man tag team match. I think it's just a straight up Brown Breaker gets a win, so he looks strong heading into Santa Deliver type scenario. Uh, they did this backwards. First of all, it should they should have done the six man. And then just had Breaker beat Mahal at Roadblock, just so it looks like, hey, Roadblock is headlined by Brown Breaker against a former WWE champion. Uh, I did not like that the Creeds went to Damon Kemp. Like, See, really, I kind of like that. Because just- I, I like that they didn't have them do anything beyond just, uh, for anybody who didn't see it, so Creed Brothers are looking for some kind of a tag team partner. And Julius decides, hey, look, we don't have anybody that we can gel with as well as we know that we can with Damon Kemp. And Damon Kemp's like, hey, are you thinking about getting the team back together? And he's like, well, like it pains me to say it, but yeah. And he goes, well, fuck you, no, and walks away. <laughs> I like that. Julius is just like, damn it, like, why did I do that? And Brown Breaker comes up and says, I'll join you guys. And Julius says, you couldn't have done this like a minute ago before I made an ask myself. I liked that little swerve because I was at first I'm thinking, why are they going with the Damon Kemp thing? The Brown Breaker thing is obvious. It was just a nice little like, gotcha. Why didn't yeah, you like it? Also, also, uh, I just don't think he should have even considered that. Like you just, it was only a few months ago that you were trying to kill this guy. Wasn't it? Like, what are we doing here? And where is Roderick Strong? I'll say it every week. Where is he? I am Get him out of the hospital already. fully convinced he's never popping back up again. He's never popping back up again, no. No, he's gone and they're setting out his contract. It's got to be that. Unceremonies end for like one of the important characters of that brand. Yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw one that's that recently that um, uh, Roderick Strong's been in uh, WWE's developmental for six and a half years. And the whole run of Nitro was five years and seven months. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. That's that's weird to think of. Mm. Those see, those are those uh, statistics that really puts things into perspective. Yeah. Three years since how, uh, how things used to change, how things used to change, and how things technically now, even though things do change, some things change at a rapid pace. Feel... Some, yeah, some of it feels, some of it just goes so slowly. And people just stay in the same place for way too long. Mm-hmm. Like Nitro, it's, it felt like a whole era, and you can clearly map it out. And that was only a little over five years. I mean, I mean, think about it. it. Like, even though that was only that amount of time, it was enough time for Jarrett to go from Nitro to WWE back to Nitro, back to WWE, back to Nitro. It, it, it's no, you're right. It's ridiculous how fast moving things used to be, and how complacent things are now maybe something did happen in 2012 <laughs> explain a lot or it's just you know 
that we're on the worst timeline because Brock Lesnar shouldn't beat Undertaker. Hashtag last Jedi sucked. Roxanne Perez is going to be Mako Setamora, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it'll, it should be a good match. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. I was surprised when they stood next to each other at the at this episode. I was like, oh, actually, they're around the same height. I just assumed that. Roxanne, Roxanne's always been small and I mean, makes again, it's not like for the entire culture, but typically Japanese people are fairly small. I just, for some yeah. reason, had the perspective that Mako was going to be t- a lot, like, not a lot taller. She's you know, like, used to everybody towering over <laughs> right. her. For the most part, it's like, you know, she doesn't have to stand next to Raquel to look like she's the tiniest person on the roster. But I was like, you know, she's pretty much right, like, eye-to-eye level with her. So, I mean... Just the personality of a tall person. Mako? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> your final boss, you know. Uh, when you get to a final boss and a lot of things, they end up having, like, the, the second stage where they grow extra wings or fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah. What she's got be. the personality of final boss and she's got the body of boss baby. <laughs> and that might be a little harsh, but I'm mainly that size thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all what I was expecting when you go Well, that's the NXT roadblock that we got coming up. And of course, we have SmackDown tonight. Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. Well, you didn't get back. You didn't get back around to your Dragon Lee thing. What do you think oh, that's right. Yeah, the, the Grayson, Grayson Waller, Waller thing. So Grayson Waller is going to have the Grayson Waller effect with Shawn Michaels. I expect that it's going to start to look like it's going to get a little physical, and Dragon Lee is going to make the save, and then Shawn Michaels is going to announce Dragon Lee versus Grayson Waller at Stand and Deliver. It's going to be Johnny Gargano. It should be Johnny Gargano. If I don't do Johnny Gargano, then I don't know if I'm going to like it as much. I think you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> what do you think it's going to go with uh, Grayson Waller, Callum? Oh, I'm just going to wait and see on this one. Hmm. They, they, both options are, I think, equally plausible. Given Waller's snarkiness, I'd like it if Shawn Michaels was like, yeah, I agreed to be on the show and talk to you tonight, but I run this show, so to hell with your set. Let's do the Heartbreak Hotel. They wouldn't do it, but I think it'd be fun if they did something like that. It'd get a pop. That's for sure. Again, if you know, if anybody pops up from the main roster on NXT or anything like that happens, it does get a pop. But yeah, really have more fun with heavily it. Into, yeah, I'm going to make you... I'm going to make you do something you said you never would again. I'm going to make you come out of retirement. They're really trying to make you think Shawn Michaels is going to fight Grayson Waller. And it's just apologies to anyone who thinks he might, but no. Here's the real question I have though. If the heartbreak hotel were to pop up, where is the hotel located in relation to Kawa's (laughs) and everything? (laughs) It's right past the diner so that you can get, you know, so you, you got a quick meal when you yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about AEW. Let's uh, finish out these hot tags by talking about what happened on Dynamite, what we've got set up for Rampage, and our updates to the AEW Revolution card. Started off with Orange Cassidy retaining the All Atlantic Championship over Big Bill. They are not using the two G's for Big Bill anymore. And that's yeah, he's oh, literally just Big Bill. That's disappointing. I liked it better when it was B I G G B I L L. I thought that was kind of fun, but whatever. It's not like that really changes anything. Orange Cassidy. Match was uh, really good. What was that? Match was really good. 
Yeah, as expected. And um, oh yeah, that's that's just Orange Cassidy now, isn't it? I'm not sure. It's just like Orange Cassidy has a great match of the week. Mm-hmm. And he actually pulled double duty. We'll talk back about him a little later. We had the face of the revolution ladder match. Powerhouse Hobbs winning that one, which we had talked about with our predictions leading up to this. So, by that- the way, if I would have known that he was from the area, I wouldn't have guessed that they'd put it on yeah. the Yes. Time. Yeah, no, uh, none of us uh, had any of that information at the time. But God, he was so over in that crowd. Like, like, like everyone was just super behind Hobbs, and and this match, as expected, ruled. Like it was so good. I think it actually benefited from the fact that they decided to take just get Kingston and Ortiz out of it, and just like oh, they're just going to fight to the back, and it's just a six person match, so it's not too over convoluted and crowded. But the, like some of the stuff that they were doing in this match, like that. That sick falcon arrow onto the ladder that, that was seemingly could have, yeah could have knocked Sammy out uh, pretty badly. The fucking uh, tightrope walking by Commander into that dive to the outside, which is going to re- be replayed over and over and over again for years and years to come. That was such a cool spot. I gotta say though, that camera angle had me thinking for about two seconds that this dude was just going to jump from <laughs> one side of the ring straight over the ropes and outside. And at that point, I would have just believe they should sign him they should still sign him because that tightrope walk was amazing mm-hmm. but commander is very good yeah that was like one of the most like uh i guess viewable moments and then but uh, alongside that was that uh blue thunderbomb to commander from uh to Kester. it's like the most incredible blue thunderbomb that you ever see just going off of a ladder bridge onto the ground and and yeah, they do this part. And I know some people have gotten uh, worked up as they typically will do. Don't try and find fault in anything about the whole referees holding the ladder up for Hobbs to climb up. It's just it's one of those things. Everyone, I mean, li- literally, I can't actually remember the last ladder match which didn't have referees standing underneath when the person won the title or got I, to the top. For me, I, I do wish Hobbs would have gotten a more sturdy ladder just because. You could see the, the concern on his face because that ladder was all busted up. But like, yeah, what are you gonna? Are you really gonna complain that a referees came in and held the ladder? Is this what we're doing? Like, what? The, get a life. <laughs> get any other. Get any other hobby, please. Powerhouse hobby. I don't like you. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> best friends at this point oh, actually i'll backtrack and talk about this point uh eddie kingston quit aew and someone had the nerve to ask about that on a media call i mean granted not everybody reads spoilers but yeah eddie kingston quit aew i thought that well, who actually thought that he legitimately quit and then right. decided to record it on tv and do it as a pre-taped thing it's like in the only thing i can say in defense of this guy was it, was it was a local media guy who asked the question. So I'm hoping he doesn't really follow up. That's still real to him, damn it. But yeah, Eddie Kingston quit. And I think, actually, I think it's a good move for him. Now, did they, that happened with him is good. With the Ring of Honor stuff, did they air all of the stuff that they had taped? Or was it... Just, just, no, they aired... The first episode, so it was like just session two one. Yeah, the first tapings. Yeah, so we yeah, don't so have, have what's going on with uh, Kings in there. <laughs> no, they they have all they have all. Oh, they all, had the, no, 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 they showed that on this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
so they have um so they filmed obviously episodes all the episodes leading up to um oh not leading which, up which, to supercard I, yeah supercard I think there might be at least one the name more. Of it. but um yeah and there might be one more but i think that they've at least showed quite a significant amount i mean it was a two-hour show might as well talk about it because we can go back to Dynamite a little bit because mm-hmm. we can talk about Kingston now anyway. So the main event of the show was um, Claudio Castagnoli defeated AR Fox to retain the Ring of Honor Championship. And then uh, the kind of promo afterwards, Kingston comes out, says that he's now a free agent and so he can go wherever he wants and he's coming to Ring of Honor. He's co- and, but he basically said, I promised Mox while uh, we were all in AEW that uh, I wouldn't uh, take you out, but now I'm in Ring of Honor, so I'm taking that championship from you. Yeah, this so. was very well done in terms of, like, yes, it was a pre-tape, but it, they they masked it by having him say, I'm an independent contractor, I can show up anywhere, and this isn't AEW and I'm going to beat your ass. That's exactly the way you need to frame it with Eddie Kingston. Yeah, and I think overall the show was like it was a good it was a good show. You had um you had a like Willow Nightingale uh, won a match against the Lady Frost, like just a pretty much an enhancement match. And then uh she challenged Athena, Athena came out, basically accepted it. I think they their uh, title match is going on next week. Yep. That was good. It opened up with uh, Mark Briscoe beating Slim J. Which is how you should open up Ring of Honor. Yeah, just to have Mark Briscoe come out and win a match, and he was super over, and the crowd generally throughout the entire thing was very good. I've, I've, one of the things that amazed me more than anything else, and maybe this is like just me looking in the wrong place for it, was um, the um, th- there were two women's matches on this show, and they never do two women's matches on Dynamite. <laughs> but it's just they had um, before it just right directly before you had Willow Nightingale uh, beat Lady Frost, you had uh, Madison Rain and Sky Blue defeat the uh, Renegade Twins in the tag match, and then so yeah, that was just and they taped quite there. a few more, so I think two two per show might be a thing. Yeah, and it was a big like it was a big just pure wrestling show. I think there was like about eight matches on the show. It was just like match after match after match. So you had like Mark Briscoe beat Slim J, then you had the Kingdom beat the Infantry, which is Carly Bravo and Sean and Captain Sean Dean. Then you had the um, Zack Sabre Jr. was there and he defended the New Japan World Television Championship against Plague Christian, which was another fun match because Zack Sabre Jr. is just the great one of the greatest. And during that all match, time. he kind of said a little shot to Brian Danielson. Mm. That are you watching? I'm the best technical wrestler in the world. So they're still going to go with that for Forbidden Door, probably, yeah. which is good on them. And uh, Christopher Daniels defeated uh, Rohit Raju. So. Daniels is getting a bit of a renewed push as part of Ring of Honor. Um, they had uh, Kanosuke Takeshita defeat Josh, Josh Woods. Not another good match. Uh, the Embassy, your um, uh, Ring of Honor six-man tag champions, defeated just an enhancement team of what, Joe Keys, LSG, and Rex Lawless. And I guess Ari Davari's found his level because Ari Davari defeated um, the former Grand Metal League. You know, yeah. Somewhat of an enhancement match, like maybe a more advanced enhancement match because they still gave Metalik quite a lot in that match. But I thought it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a solid opening. Again, it wasn't anything like super spectacular, but I think it's this will be a very like stable ground for a lot of um, AEW's talent to hone their craft. This makes me wish that there were not two different versions of Dark and that 
they were at least taping on different sound stages so that it could feel even more unique because I thought it it's a good looking show. It's it looked better than even modern impact to me. And you know, it's clearly it's going to be a major show. We know now that it's two hours every Thursday. So that's that's huge. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. I think I heard Athena and Willow Nightingale are gonna have a banger. Wouldn't expect anything less. I kind of wish that was a match at Supercard, and I'm wondering what the match at Supercard will be if it's not Willow. But, yeah, I was a big fan of all of this. I actually like that Ring of Honor is back. It seems like it's in good hands. I don't know if I'm going to end up checking it out at any point. You're to be absolutely not going to check it out. Uh, I mean, I feel like I have to at least give it a shot, you know? But... It does strike me as the type of thing where I'm going to be like, do I really want to invest time in seeing Ari Devari well, against Metalik? I don't think I need to, you know? I think we'll cover the pay-per-views, but, like, I can't see this being a show that you watch week to week. I highly doubt the it. Same way yeah. that Callum doesn't watch Raw. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd say that, um, like, the smartest thing they've done is make Eddie Kingston pretty much exclusive to this show. I think that will immediately help draw eyes to it because... There's, I mean, I'm not saying he's like the, the got the biggest following in the world, but there are people that are like diehard Eddie Kingston fans, especially after how well his AEW run has gone so far. And so for him to be pretty much exclusive there and no longer on AEW TV, I think that'll be something that uh, draws people's eyes to this show. Small oh, thing, but uh, the show were aired perfectly fine. Mm. Like the live streaming component of it, perfect. Now, about the idea that that bleeds into impact, how do you feel about that? Would you just want me to bitch? Yes. Complain? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's fucking terrible. I think it's oversaturation in the market, and I don't have the, the luxury of choosing what I want to watch. So, yeah, I think that aspect of it is awful. Thank you for making me have to be <laughs> negative, Cody. You happy? Like, feeling that urge to merge a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willie knew it, I was right about Bray Wyatt. I'm just gonna, just gonna bounce around. Well, we've it. already done that. We did that two hours ago. But I'll say it again. Yes, you were right. And I hate you for it. Um, powerhouse hobby. So the Ring of Honor stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll potentially try to give it a shot. Um, we'll see. But going back to AEW and the Dynamite situation, best friends were not medically cleared to compete in the Casino Battle Royale. So taking their place, Danhausen and Orange Cassidy pulling double duty. And we'll come back to that because we have to do the Chris Jericho versus pretty Peter Avalon match. Obviously Jericho won that. And uh, we got, you know, some follow up with that, but nothing that I thought was really all that interesting. It's just one of those, like, and people start fighting kind of deals. I, I, I liked how the match was essentially, Peter Avalon was pissed at Jericho because of what happened last week. And so he just attacked Jericho for ages and ages and ages. And Jericho hit one co-breaker and won. That was the, just thought, oh, that's, that's just a pretty smart way of doing it. It makes Peter Avalon look like he cares. You know, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's like a fire. It can be a good fiery underdog baby face, but the Jericho is just miles and miles above his level. So he can beat him with one move, not even his finisher. Makes Andretti look really good too, for being able to beat him, you know? So plays into all that. Anything you guys want to touch on with the Hangman promos, the Moxley promo, any of that? 
To me, it was just sort I mean, of, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. Uh, yeah. It was a both great crime. No, it was great, great mic work. One thing that was a bit concerning, did Hangman not say that he cannot feel his fingertips? I think that, I think it's just, again, it's just emphasizing. I, I mean, the, uh, I would hope so. Yeah. I think yeah, I think it's just a case of trying to push the thing. Why we say it's like he's lost his memory and stuff like that. Just like, well, yeah, I, mean, I assume he has suffered like a bit of damage and probably can't remember the events of the day that happened after that injury. But it's not like you know, you, you make it sound like you know you can't remember like days that you spent with your children or something like that. And it, I, I don't know. I, only he knows like how bad that injury was and how badly that's affected him so i can't read into too much like but i'm hoping it's just exaggeration for the sake of building up the match but i mean i, I really like the visual of moxley just up straight after the match with uh, evil uno like blood gushing down his right eye pretty much pretty much having his eye sharp by the amount of blood that was pouring out into it just like cutting this really heat promo and nobody does those sort of promos better than moxley and uh, Pages 1 was very good. I don't think it was at the level of Moxley's one because Moxley's just on, on promo ability. There's like different levels and he's right at the very top. But yeah, I'm st- it still leaves me just as excited, if not more excited, for the how violent the Texas Death match is going to be. Still the match I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. We got the situation with christian cage coming out talking to renee young or uh, renee paquette i should say she's not renee young anymore and that's going to lead to which has now actually been changed a little bit it's a no holds barred match christian cage against jungle boy jack perry so that's our major addition to the card that we can announce at least right now and that's going to be a lot of fun (laughs) jungle boy probably should win that one he should but i'm not sure he will there's a chance he might not i mean Luciosaurus can return. They can do some other kind of twist in it. If it's no holds barred, that certainly allows possibility for somebody to interfere. I'd I'd personally think that you'd have Jack Perry win just to draw a line under this feud. I think they've done a, a good job in completely reviving it and adding the maybe not the same degree of emotion, but at least a, a solid amount of emotion into it in the last few few weeks. I mean, this one with Christian still proving to be like an excellent, like irritator of people on the mic and doing some great stuff and building up the story of how. But and the one line that was great was the idea that the Jungle Boy sees uh, wrestling as a video game, whereas he sees it for what it is, which is an ATM that he's going to keep her uh, bleeding until it's dry. This is like again, just makes him look like a prick because he doesn't see wrestling for the, like the beauty of the sport or anything like that. He sees it as a way to make money, so he'd still treat, treat him as a heel. And then the whole um, the whole angle of uh, Jungle Boy uh, burying Christian or like uh, metaphorically putting him in the ground, I think that's the indication that this should probably be like drawing the line under it. So, and yeah, and you have, uh, you have Perry win and then he can... Uh, I think he, he that that should put him in place for a, a TV match against uh, MJF for the title in mm-hmm. the next couple of months. Yeah, for that. Hook retained the FTW title over Matt Hardy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Now, now he gets Stokely for five minutes. Or yeah, or? yeah. So the story that built up for it, I don't know whether this is on Dark or on Rampage, but um, yeah, the idea was that Hardy was going to challenge for the 
FTW title because even Page put him up for it. And then Matt started adding all these extra stipulations, like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat Hook, I'm gonna become the FTW champion. And I even put something in the contract where if Hook beats me, then uh he gets a one on one match with Stokely Hathaway where everyone from the firm is banned from ringside. And so you kind of had this, this it's kind of like a weird dynamic because he, he wrestled the match like he wanted to win because he knew the title was on the line. But then as soon as he was putting red rum, he immediately tapped out. Immediately tapped, yeah. yeah. So basically he said, okay, I, I, I tried to win, I've lost, and I'm just going to tap out because realistically, if I'm not going to win, I just want to see um, Stoke Halfway get beaten up. So. That'll be fun. Put that <laughs> on the pre-show. Apparently, they've, uh, he's uh, Hardy said on uh, Twitter that he's going to be training uh, Stokely Hathaway to be an absolute killing machine. So I hope they do some of those vignettes on Rampage or Dynamite. Yeah, that could be funny. Uh, Tony Storm beat, or no, she lost to Riho. That's what it was. It, yeah. yeah, it was Tony Storm against Riho. Riho won. Um, Riho has been somebody that I have mentioned multiple times. We've talked about the idea that she could be part of the. Uh, AEW original side of things, so bringing her into this makes a lot of sense. Again, not my favorite type of segment in the world, but it's a thing. They do something with it, yeah. Whatever. Only thing I didn't like here was uh, Soraya and Jamie start fighting. Out comes Ruby. Ruby decks Soraya. And Jamie stands there. Why wouldn't Ruby hit her when you're going into a three-way? Can you just like, I know that they're trying to really stand on like the pick a side, pick a side, but you're going into a three way for the championship. You should at least have your guard up a little bit. That's me nitpicking though. There's a little yeah. backstage thing that I thought was funny. Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee are a tag team now that are going to be calling themselves naturally limitless. <laughs> like that's kind of perfect. <laughs> Keith Lee moves from one tag team partner to the to the next. I mm-hmm. I hope that this is not a long term deal. No, I, yeah, I don't think it'll be long term. But it's a, it's a good name for a one off team. I'm hoping like, that like Keith Lee in AEW is on a long term deal. <laughs> I still want Keith Lee back in WWE. But yeah, I I don't think that this is going to be some tag team we're going to be talking about by the end of the year or anything. Well, Frankly, by the, end of the year Dustin said he was retiring. <laughs> I mean, frankly, yeah, at this point, like we talked about the idea that I kind of just want to see Dustin go to WWE for WrestleMania, even just be like, look, let's just, you know, should have got off the pot kind of when it comes to some of this. Well, we had the uh, Casino Battle Royale finishing this out beyond, um, yeah, as far as like the matches go and some fun moments throughout this. I mean, Battle Royales, they're fun. So, you got a lot of little spots here and there, and it ultimately ends up going to Danhausen and Orange Cassidy winning. Not the team I was anticipating, especially because they weren't even supposed to be in the match to begin with. But there was know, no I mean, real Joker entry, and I hate that because I well, okay, so that's the thing that a lot of people brought up, which is which is something that I mis- in- misinterpreted as well. So. There's a difference between a casino battle royal for either singles, men or women, and a casino battle royal for tag teams or trios. So, and it's cases like if you look back over the past where they've done it as well, like the tag team casino battle royal is essentially a tag team Royal Rumble. And that's that's it. They don't have a joker for the tag teams. 
and they've never had, and I don't think they've ever had a Joker for the tag teams. Well, I'm but, sad about it. What can I say? Yeah, they only do they only do that style of casino battle royal for singles people, which I guess like kind of makes sense because like having having five teams come out at once, like, that seems like it might be a bit much. But um, but yeah, so that's the reason why there wasn't a Joker. You essentially just have a the quote-unquote number 10, or in this case, number 10, or the Royal Rumble case, number 30 comes out, they get the the luck of the, the luck of the draw. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think personally, just as uh, Royal Rumbles go, this was pretty weak. Like, there wasn't really that much that happened up until the, the closing segments, outside of the fact that apparently the Lucha Bros are now feuding with Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Like, cool. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I I think it's pre- purely a case of this uh, tag team match, this four way tag match for the titles is basically for teams that are not or entirely, but they are largely comedy based, all fighting for the tag titles. And I think it's also a case of we want to put Orange Cassidy on the card because Orange Cassidy yeah. is like <laughs> one, of our, one of our best wrestlers right now. He's like in the form of his career, so yeah, of course we're going to find a way to put him on this show. I am surprised that that's how they did it, though, instead of it just being like, and we're going to announce on Rampage, he's defending the All-Atlantic title against blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, just for the sake of keeping the card relatively concise, knowing that you've got an hour-long match, I'm, I'm, I guess in, in some way I'm uh, grateful for the fact that they're not putting on an additional match that we have to watch as well. Not that it wouldn't be good, because Orange Cassidy is having nothing but great matches right now. But, um, but yeah. I'd uh, rather they freed up a bit more time just so they can, like, get the show done before, like, four in the morning. Yeah. Well, I was just anticipating that that would be a pre-show match. Because they've done that before. Hmm. They could have done that. But then, um, yeah, we're going to get that factor in there. So, has that changed your opinions about who is going to win the tag team title match? Do you guys think it's going to be Dan Housen and Arch Cassidy? Or do you think it's leaning more one way or another? So I'm currently still kind of bouncing around between Guns Retain, Acclaimed Win Them Back, or Jared and Lethal. At this particular moment, leaning more towards Jared and Lethal. I'm um, um, fully, but Gun Club's still going to retain. I thought whoever, whatever team was going to be put into it, Guns are still going to retain. And that's like about, just about even to me with the Jared and Lethal thing, but. Danhausen is getting pinned. Whether he is getting pinned by the guns or by Jeff Jarrett remains to be seen. Just for shits and gigs, I'm going to say Jeff Jarrett's a new AEW tag team champion. Our finale of this episode was to build more of the Danielson and MJF setup for the 60-man or 60-minute Iron Man match. I keep wanting to call it a 60-man because I'm so used to the 30-man Roy Rumble the past discussions. So, you know, they cut their promos and stuff. Typical fashion, fun segment, enough to watch. <laughs> I mean, you can't really go wrong with with what's going on with the what they're setting up here. And I was looking forward to it before. I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah, I mean, you said that like, they cut promos at each other. Fundamentally, uh, Danielson says MJF, tells MJF to shut up, and he doesn't say anything for this yeah. entire segment. But um, but yeah, Danielson, Danielson fucking roasted this guy. Yeah, he, he just yeah just shit like just 
like was like really cutting at the fact saying like the only thing you deserve is having your girlfriend leave you your fiance leave you so that got a big reaction from the crowd obviously and it had mjf super angry but then he pushes the idea of he turns it back on him saying that he's the heel by saying that how he would always talk about banging rats down yep. the town or whatever so it's the idea of like yeah of course your girlfriend left you you're cheating on her flagrantly in front like as your character so you know that's the difference with the character side of things and yeah he talks about how he's gonna like expose him and show that he can't he's not in his level and then in the greatest part of it especially if you're from the uk and you can watch the uh the live feed without any kind of censoring or interruption he basically says if you don't come to a revolution to fight for 60 minutes then you're going to get your fucking head kicked in and he said fucking and it was great yeah yeah it was so good <laughs> and i watched it on fight and i heard them not bleep it so mm. so good so yeah super excited for that match uh, so there's a, there's a lot of great matches uh, lined up for revolution but this is the one that uh, i'm super excited to see how it plays out I'm more looking forward to Revolution than the last God knows how many pay-per-views that they've done, to be honest. It's so funny that uh, Danielson has everybody now, like, I want to see him win. Mm -hmm. And I think he has a shot. And it's like, yeah, good. They did their job. That's their job. You're supposed to want to see Danielson win. You're supposed to think he has a shot. And my opinion hasn't changed. I still think Max is winning. But I'm going to be mad if Danielson wins. No. I, I would say that um, the one thing, though, that I find quite funny about our review of this thing is that we talk about all this stuff and so insignificant it was that we haven't even, we didn't even touch on uh, um, the House the of Black attacking the yeah. Elite. Oh, just, that's right, it yeah. Such a, it was such a lame, like, okay, they just attacked them on the ramp and then held up the titles towards the end and and like a promo backstage segment and i guess the story now is that they the the elite have to find where that room is they can get their titles back (laughs) yeah this so just yeah i'm just say i'm not um no i I know i'm not yeah yeah i'm always the AEW defender guy but uh yeah that just sucks this has been a bad story yeah just real quick uh to everyone who's like oh it's gonna be the house black it's still in the house of black for me I don't want to see them win. The elite stuff is kind of feeling. I'm going to use the term Cody verse just in that concept of like, it feels like Jericho does his thing. The elite do their thing. And then Tony Khan does this thing with like MJF and other people. (laughs) No, it's like the Jericho thing feels isolated in some ways. The elite stuff feels very isolated. And then everybody else interacts with each other because like this this was just not good and i mean if you're just going for a good match then just say that at this point like why are the house of black getting a shot you know well what is the what is the story here is someone gonna argue that we don't need a story i'd argue that they're three of the biggest stars you have why aren't you focusing on the story of the elite you know it's Again, I'm foolishly hoping that they've got Punk available and that that's coming soon. Because, believe it or not, the next show after this is Double or Nothing, which means we're entering a territory of, oh, it's been a year of fuckery for this company. So, 
I hope that they fix it out with the elite because there's still a major reason that I watch. There's still a major reason that a lot of people watch. And if I went to that show or if I'm tuning in just for them, I felt very cheated on Wednesday night. Can't say I disagree. So we'll see if they end up having that great match that it seems like it pretty much boils down to is, hey, look, these guys are going to have a good match. (laughs) Hopefully they do. We'll see that on Sunday when we do our AEW Revolution pay-per-view coverage. Pay-per-view point post-show is immediately following that. Stay tuned to make sure that you are subscribed. You ring that little notification bell. Make sure that you are following all over the other place for Smart Out Moment, as well as for Fanboys Anonymous. Take part in all the stuff we talked about earlier. You got the Dusty Rhodes Funko Pop contest that's going on. We got the Smart Madness Tournament. We got the Blueprint Project over there on Fanboys Anonymous. And, of course, you should be following just all the accounts that you can see on anthonymango.com, like my personal accounts, mostly at Tony Mango. And if you are in the mood to click and like on a whole bunch of other things as well, you got like my letterbox and so on and so forth, but you should especially be following what these guys are up to for their accounts and what they've got to plug. Yep. You can follow me everywhere at dude Felice. Eventually you're going to get a whole lot more for me. I just sent in the first blog for dudefelice.com. I'm, Pretty sure it's going to get up on that website. When it does, everything's going to launch. So that's exciting. Um, check out my work on Fightful. Check out my work on WrestleZone. Check out my work everywhere else, including in the archives of Smart Out Moment. There's a ton of stuff featuring me at this point. I've been on basically every podcast we've done for the last five years. And I will continue to be on this podcast for years to come. But for now, someone else who will be with me, Kel Miggins. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Uh, over on the Smarker Moment, where you'll always find me is on the Power Rankings, which is my weekly contribution where I rank the WWE wrestlers as I see fit. And as we build up towards WrestleMania, you'll be able to see the league table that I have attached to it, where you can see who will be the the front runners for this year, who would be the powerest of the Power Rankings. And then you can also check out the Fantasy League, which... Again, just more and more stats, more and more tracking of numbers and performances where you can follow which one of our teams is performing the best heading into WrestleMania, where we will crown our 2022-2023 winner. So all, every point matters at this point. So stay tuned to that over at WWEFantasyLeague.com. I'm not going to win. I'm mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Crazy things could happen. We don't even know what the yeah, card for WrestleMania yeah, John Cena's is. Going. If John Cena's going back soon to actually get points for you. <laughs> Could win a United States Championship. All year. <laughs> so, obviously, we got lots coming your way over the course of this road to WrestleMania. Stay tuned for all of it. Revolution coming up next. Next week, we got the Hollywood discussion and another round of the hot tags. We also have that Pick a Poison that's going to be coming up and so much more. Man, my to-do list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But, hey... You should follow us for the journey along the whole way, just like you listened to this episode. Thank you for that. We will see you next time. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we are being counted out. Ah!